You are more, you are more than my words will ever say. You are Lord, you are Lord, all creation will proclaim. You are here, you are here, in your presence I'm made whole. You are God, you are God, of all else I'm letting go. And oh, I'm running to your arms, I'm running to your arms. The riches of your love will always be enough. Nothing compares to your embrace. Light of the world forever reign. I'm running to your arms, I'm running to your arms. The riches of your love will always be enough. Nothing compares to your embrace. Light of the world forever reign. My heart will sing no other name. Jesus, Jesus. My heart will sing no other name. Jesus, Jesus. My heart will sing no other name. Jesus, Jesus. My heart will sing no other name. Jesus, Jesus. I'm running to your arms. I'm running to your arms. The riches of your love will always be enough. Nothing compares to your embrace. Light of the world forever reign. Light of the world forever reign. Thank you. <laughs> All right. Preach the word. Hey, sweetie. Hey, just a couple of things real quick. Uh, one of them is, you know, Rod invited you to come to the ski area, and I'm, I'm going up there. Several of us are going to climb to the peak today. Uh, hey! I'm going to try. I'm going to head up that way. And then if I get tired, I'm going to come back and go sit on the couch, okay? So, uh, anyways, it's just a family hike. You can go as far as you want. You can just go hang out in the grass up there. Uh, so if you got time this afternoon, 1 o'clock, we're going to meet up there. I'm looking forward to that. And then i got to tell you about this sign right here, and it's because uh, I sleep with the person who made it. And so it's real important for me to talk to you about it so that things go good around my house, all right? And that is, uh, this is for VBS, for housing. And uh, you see that we need to fill up some people that we've got to, uh, we've got to keep some kids from the Richland, or I think it's just called the Hills Church of Christ now over in uh, Arlington. And uh, so, yeah, they're, they got 50 kids coming from there, and we need to put them in our houses to sleep for four nights Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. Four nights. And so far, we got two families, and one of them is mine, and one of them's John Harrell. So we got 25 for John Harrell and 25 for the Duncans. So you don't need to sign up, we'll handle it, okay? We need your help. Sign this list today. We've only got a couple of Sundays to get that filled out. And then lastly, I'll just remind you that Mountain Family Fellowship is starting up. 
in uh, July 11th, and as Brian mentioned, we won't be here two weeks from today. That whole weekend, we'll be out at the Nazarene camp, July 11th, 12th, and 13th. There's brochures on the back, back there to pick up, and where it's a uh, concentrated effort of unity with six churches in the Rudosa area, six different churches that are meeting together. We're going to worship together. Uh, the, the ministers from those churches are going to pair up, and we're going to preach. And so, like, I'm going to be preaching with Rick Hutchinson from the Nazarene Church. He and I are going to team preach. And so, I'm going to preach for 29 minutes. He's going to preach for one minute. All right, I think that's the way that's going to work. Anyways, it's going to be a really great weekend. You can camp out, or you can just come out, uh, on, get a schedule, Please be a part of that. And to that end, I'll be praying today during our prayer for uh, Christ Community Church in Capitan and uh, for the, the uh, ministry that they do there. They're joining us at Mountain Family Fellowship. The scripture that was read today by, who read? Paul. Paul read that scripture. And at the end of it, Paul says, there's a crown of righteousness awaiting for me, but not only for me, he says. Not just for me, but for Everyone who is longing for what? For his coming, for his appearing. For everybody who's longing for that. I wonder what you're longing for today. And, and I'm, I'm going to spend... Thank you for what you said this morning, uh, uh, Charles, about the lessons we've been doing. We've been talking a lot about that. But we're going to switch over now. For the rest of the summer, we're really going to be talking about, about heaven. Are you longing? You hear that word? We don't even use that word very often. You know? I mean, you only use that word when you're dating somebody seriously and you're like 19 years old. Otherwise, you don't even use that word hardly ever in your life. But the Bible does, and it says, Are you longing for his appearing? So, we're going to spend some time looking at this right here. Heaven, then. And now. What do you think heaven is going to be like? That's a lot of what we're going to spend our time talking about for these next several weeks. What will heaven be like? And I want to say this at the very beginning, and I'll say it each week. Every word that's going to come out of my mouth about what heaven is going to be like, there's going to be two things about it. Number one, I'm going to try to make sure they're coming from the Bible. And number two, I'm going to say them with total humility because i could be wrong about these things because i i haven't been there yet all right i haven't gone and looked and then came back to tell you but i know somebody who did and and so we're going to get some words from jesus and and we're going to be thinking about we're going to be thinking about heaven bart millard who is the lead singer of one of the greatest worship groups in the whole world called mercy me bart millard wrote the song i can only imagine we sing it here pretty regularly. I can only imagine. It's one of the, I couldn't believe it. It's one of the top 10 songs of the decade or something like that on just regular popular radio. I can only imagine. I love that song personally. It always reminds me that heaven is the place where I'm going. That's where I'm heading. And it does take some imagination because the Bible doesn't answer all of our questions about heaven heaven but it does address this subject quite a bit and so we're going to be looking the more i study about heaven the more my assumptions that i've had about heaven and that people have given me about heaven are challenged 
And, and I'm going to give us a couple of those today. Maybe, maybe for some of you. And some of you may be like, oh, we knew that. We've known that for a long time. For a long, long time in my life, this is part of what I've thought about this subject. If, if I was you and I was sitting out there and somebody was up here and they were going to say, we're going to spend several weeks talking about heaven, this is my attitude. Nobody knows for sure, so who cares? I mean, I'm going there. I'm trusting Jesus. That's where I'm going, so who cares what it's going to be like? I, I don't, I, it's kind of a silly subject, and let's just put it on, up on a shelf up here for theologians. We'll let them figure that out. And we'll spend some time doing some things that make a difference here on earth. And we won't worry about those things that nobody knows anyways for sure. And you may feel that way. And I understand that. But I'm going to confess to you today that something that's happened in my life because I've done that, because I put that subject on the shelf, this is something that's happened in my heart. It's led to me rarely thinking about and longing for the place we're going. Maybe you too. Amy and I would love someday to go to Europe together. We've, neither of us have ever been to Rome, and we, we want to go stand there together, you know, and enjoy being there in all those places. And, and talking about it some and imagining it a little bit keeps that goal out in front of us. And sometimes when we're just having a tough day or when, you know, the teenagers that we love with all of our heart and would give our life for are driving us nuts and we just are thinking, you know, man, how can we keep going? Or whatever's happening in our life that's kind of tough, we'll, you know, some days we'll just be like, but one of these days, I mean, we're going to be sitting, you know, over there in Europe together. And all this is going to be over here and we're going to be sitting over there for a vacation. That's going to be awesome. So we're, we're looking forward to doing that. And, and doing a little imagining and talking Maybe looking at brochures or pictures or seeing it in a movie and kind of winking at each other like, yeah, we're going to do that someday. It keeps us looking forward to that experience together. It's like these little snapshots that you get, maybe on brochures, little snapshots, kind of whet your appetite. They kind of make you think, yeah, that's going to be pretty neat if we get to do that someday. And here's the deal. This book right here, this book right here, is full of a bunch of little snapshots. A bunch of little snapshots. And, and the actual place, heaven, it's not going to be quite like our imagination is. Whatever we do imagine, whatever we talk about over these next several weeks, the actual place will be different than that. But looking at the brochure, looking at the snapshots, keeps us moving in that direction. That's why I want us to do this. My hope today is just to whet your appetite just a little bit to start you thinking about heaven every day. Now, some of you may be like, I already think about heaven every day. And it may be because you're closer to it than I am, perhaps. I don't know. Uh, and, and you may think you are anyways in your age. That any of us. It could be any day, right? His appearing could happen before I finish this sentence. I'm going to let it run on for a little bit longer and see if maybe comma, comma, and see if he does. He didn't, but he could have, and he could before I finish today. I hope to whet your appetite to think about heaven every day, to be trying to spend a little bit of time thinking, I wonder what it's going to be like. I'm encouraging our church family, and those of you who are visiting as well, to spend some time 
as we think about heaven over these next several weeks, just opening up the brochure and imagining what is that experience going to be like. So I'm going to give you some homework today. This is your homework for the next week, all right? If you choose, or I should have said this is your mission should you choose to accept it, and this will explode in 20 seconds or something. But uh, anyways, I didn't think of that. That would have been funny. So here we go. Here's your homework. That's much more boring than a mission, but here's your homework. Your homework this week is to read Revelation 21 and 22 every day. I'm inviting you to join me in doing that. I've been doing that a lot over the last several months, actually, and I'm inviting you to join me. To just open up Revelation 21 and 22 and soak in it, read it, drink your cup of coffee with it. You do have coffee, right? You got, okay, so you're drinking your coffee and, and you're sitting there and you're reading and you're just thinking, what's it going to be like? Because it's going to give us a picture of how things will be after we're resurrected from the dead. And I happen to know somebody who was resurrected from the dead. And I want to look briefly toward him today. But first, let's pray. And then we'll look at the scriptures in 1 Corinthians 15. Lord God, thank you for our church family. Thank you for the, the guys that have led us today. For the worship team that led us, the men and women who led us in that. Thank you, God. And uh, it's just been good already to be here together today, Lord. We thank you for your word that you've given us. And uh, we pray, God, that your Holy Spirit would teach us today. Uh, would you light a fire if it's gone cold? Would you awake a longing, a longing if, if it's gone to sleep? Would you remind us if we've forgotten about this great place that you have prepared for us? God, we know that the only hope of getting there is through Christ. And we thank you for other brothers and sisters at other churches that are lifting up the name of Christ and teaching the Bible. And so we pray that you would please, in the name of Jesus, be with Ed Vincent and his wife, Joe Beth. Help them at Christ Community Church in Capitan, God. I pray for great success. I pray for many people. I pray for the, just the pews to be full, God, that you would bring many people to Jesus through their ministry that the kingdom of God would grow. And we pray the same for our church here and all the churches represented uh, from a lot of people visiting today from Texas. Please let the kingdom of God grow. So today, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our heart be acceptable in your sight. We pray it in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Amen. Amen. Our text, just a couple of verses we're going to look at today, is from 1 Corinthians 15. This, this, is what the, this is what the Bible says. If only for this life we have hope. If only for this life, if that's our only hope, even if it has to do with Christ, but it's only here, it's only for this life, then we are to be pitied more than all people. What a powerful verse. What a powerful thing for the Bible to say, you're just doing this for here? You're just doing this because you hope to get a little better and you think Christ can be your you know, like your uh, self-improvement book or something, your guy to follow so your marriage gets better or you're a better parent or you can make better sales or you can get your morality in order. If that's all you're hoping for, the Bible says, we just pity you. I remember there was a guy back in the 70s who said, I pity the fool. Remember that guy? Who was that? Who was that that you say that? Yeah, Mr. T, exactly. See, it's almost like the Bible got Mr. T in there. I pity the fool that only believes, that only believes in Christ and only has hope for this world and not for the next. Verse 20, but Christ 
has indeed been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. There's a couple of things here that I want us to highlight. And, and he says, he talks about hope here. Hope is so important. Humans must have hope in order to live. You guys have all heard this before. You can live three weeks without what? Food. I, I thought I better fill that in before somebody said something that I was like, oh boy, that wasn't what I meant. Okay, so you can live three weeks without food. You can live three days without water. You can live three minutes without air, but you can't make it three seconds without hope. Hope. Humans have to have hope to live. And here's a couple of things that we see from this verse that we're hoping for. One of them is this. We're hoping for a body. We're hoping for a body. Some of you may not have realized that when the resurrected new place that we're going, when, when that all happens, we're going to have a new body. Part of the way I know that is because Jesus is the first fruits. That means he's the first of a pattern that's going to follow after that. You get an apple off a tree, you got the first apple. What's going to come after that? More apples, a whole bunch of them. And that's exactly what's true in the kingdom of God, the very same thing. Jesus is the first fruit, and when he was resurrected, he had a body. And there's going to be a whole bunch more fruit that's going to be like him. Luke 24 says this, and get this thing to go. Luke 24, verse 39, Jesus talking to his disciples, he says, look at my hands. Look at my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. The first fruit that was resurrected with a resurrection body, the first fruit had flesh and bones. He's not a ghost. He walked. He talked. His friends embraced him. He ate. It's one of my favorite scriptures where he got some fish and he says he ate the fish. I love, we're going to talk about that on another week here in a little while. About eating. A resurrected body eats. And this is quite different than the picture that many of us have of resurrection and heaven. Many of us have by, mostly by philosophers through hundreds of years, and some uh, ignoring of scriptures. Most of us have the idea of floating spirits, ethereal stuff, sitting on clouds, playing harps, a continuous church service in pews forever and ever and ever. Or some people have an idea of just sort of anonymity and just one big conscience a ball of energy like the force or something but I, I encourage you also along with if you want extra homework start reading first corinthians 15 where we were just at and and find out we're gonna have a body we're gonna have a body 
We'll be talking more about that as we go. The second thing we're also hoping for is we're hoping for a place, aren't we? We're hoping for a place. Not just float off into Never Never Land or off into space somewhere. No, we're hoping for a place. And Jesus said, I go to prepare a place. And you can trust him. When he says that, he means it. Heaven is a place. And it's not completely foreign. It's not that it's like, I mean, we get some snapshots, we're going to look at some of those, but it's also not like we don't have any experience at all of what heaven's going to be like. Part of the reason I know that is because Revelation 21, verse 1 says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and there was no longer any sea. Which is quite disappointing, because if there's no seas, there's not going to be any beaches. And some of you, that just crushed all your hopes for heaven. You thought you were going to the beach forever, all right? But if there ain't no sea, I guess there ain't a beach. So, um, actually, I don't know for sure about that. There, maybe there's beaches without the sea. But, but here's the deal. There is a new, there's a new heaven and a new earth. Somebody told me, hey, come over next month, and I've got a new car for you. And they don't tell me a lot more about that. And and I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know what that new car is. Okay? I could imagine. I'm not sure what it's going to be like. But I know some stuff about cars. I I mean, most of them anyways. Most cars have have got four wheels. And and they've got like a steering wheel. And and they move forward and they move back. And, and, uh, you know, you can bump into other cars with them. Uh, and have wrecks, unless you got one of those little smart cars and you just get run over, you know. And um, so, so I know some stuff about cars a little bit. I know that. And I wouldn't know exactly what that person was talking about if they said, I got a new car for you. But I'd know something because I know some experience about that. And, and here's the deal. I know about earth. I know about the earth we have now, the broken one. And, and God says, we're going to have a new earth. And I don't know what that's going to be like exactly. I don't. But I know this. It's going to be similar in some ways to what I know. But it's going to be better. It's going to be restored. It's going to be redeemed. It's going to be perfected. It's going to be perfected. And where is that place going to be? Where is that place going to be? Well, this next verse, Revelation 21, and then here's verse 2. I saw the holy city, the new Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride, beautifully dressed for her husband. The Bible says that the new heavens and the new earth will come down. I always think, I'm going up, we're going up there. And there are some scriptures that we're going to look at too that talk about it, that we're going to meet him in the air, and so we're going to look at some of that. But God is coming down here, which is really a a completion of what he did in the first place. God with us, Emmanuel, he came to be with us. And he will come again to be with us. Now there's a lot of implications of those two words coming down, and we're going to have to unpack some of that uh, you know, over the next several weeks and talk about some of those things. And when we're done, I'm going to promise you something. We are still going to have lots and lots of questions. But we're going to spend a lot of time imagining We're going to spend a lot of time reading. We're going to spend a lot of time thinking about where we are going. We're going to be among those people that Paul talked about 
There's a crown of righteousness, but not just for me, for all those people who are longing for it. Because we're going to be reading and thinking, we're going to be longing for it. But here's one more thing as we finish, and that is, heaven is not only then. Heaven is now. That's why the name of this series is Heaven then and now. That's why this little graphic shows heaven and earth kind of overlapping each other. Sort of this coming together a little bit, not totally, but some just a little bit coming together. Because we can see glimpses of heaven now, here, today. All of you have had those moments. You've had those times when you just, whatever it was you were doing, you had to stop. And you kind of almost had to hold yourself up for a second or Steady yourself and breathe in the moment a little bit. And, and you just, you think, it just this moment right now, maybe it's the birth of a child. It's, it's certainly not when they're three months old, but maybe the birth. But anyways, it's, it's, a, it's like a great moment, you know, when you're like, oh, this is so awesome. Or maybe it's, maybe it's uh, family. All the family is together for something. You're just, you're there and you're like, you look around the room, you're like, Wow. Maybe it's out in nature somewhere and you stop and you look. Maybe it's when you have, an, you have a, a, a temptation or sin that you overcome. God helps you overcome it and you're like, and you stop for just a minute and you think it just doesn't get much better than this moment right now. This is like heaven on what? You've all said it before. This is like heaven on earth. That's not far from a prayer that was on the lips of Jesus. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I have lived a lot of my life not living with that kind of posture. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I've lived more with a posture a lot of times. Your kingdom stay in heaven. We'll wait and suffer on this earth until we can escape, get to heaven where your will is done. That's kind of how I've thought. But that's really not an accurate biblical posture. That's a very defensive posture of holding on until the escape hatch opens and we can shoot ourselves up to heaven somehow and get out of this place. Jesus' prayer is on the offensive side. Your kingdom come down here. You will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Heaven, Revelation 21 says, is coming down then, but let's start it coming now, Jesus says. Right now, God, bring your heaven, bring your will here on this earth. And you and I get to be a part of bringing heaven to earth now. Not perfectly, not completely, but our lives, well, for starters, this, this book right here can be a brochure, snapshots of where we're going. But you know what? Your life. Your life can be a snapshot. The way you live can be a brochure looking forward to heaven for your kids and your grandkids, for your neighbors, for the people you work with, that they look at your life and they may not even know what picture they're looking at, but they're getting a brochure, they're getting a snapshot of what is to come still and this series, this series is going to be built on looking at a particular thing each week that we have to look forward to then 
and talking about how we can bring that part of heaven to earth now and answer the prayer that Jesus prayed. And this week, we're just talking about hope. As I'm just whetting your appetite a little bit, we're talking about hope. Because Revelation 21 and 22 that you're going to read all week, it's not only written to us over here sitting on our couch with our cup of coffee. John wrote it in the context to Christians who were in great suffering, amazing suffering. Domitian, around 100 A.D., began to persecute Christians. They were persecuted some before that, but he really began an onslaught of persecution of throwing Christian men, women, and children to the lions for people's enjoyment. He began covering them with tar and pitch and setting Christians on fire while they were alive so he could light up his dinner parties at night. He began to crucify Christian by, Christians by the thousands out on the road coming into Rome to show what happens if you don't bow to Caesar. Boy, were they suffering. Amazing suffering that they're having in their life at that time. I showed this video uh, a couple, two or three months ago on Wednesday night, and it's from Saturday Night Live. So see what you're missing? If you don't come to Wednesday night, you're missing Saturday Night Live, all right? And uh, that's when we watched this little short video that was about three or four minutes long. And it's awesome video. I, I'm, I could not hardly say that about a lot of things on Saturday Night Live. But I could encourage all of you to go and Google or YouTube Saturday Night Live, first world problems or uh, third world problems, or you could probably the iPhone 5, that would get it. And, and here's the deal. It was just comparing. It was saying this. Those of us over here in the first world, we have to find something to complain about. We've got to find something to be angry about and mad about. People in the third world are still suffering, much like people have for all of history. So, at my house, we say that a lot. When somebody gets complaining, you know, we'll be like, ah, that's a first world problem. So the other day, I'm at Walmart, and uh, I take something back, and I, and I take it, and I wait in the customer line, you know, customer service line, and uh, sorry if anybody works at Walmart, because I'm about to tell a story. So anyways, uh, and so I, I wait, and then they say, okay, yeah, just leave it here, and you can go get the, the one you want to, you know, exchange it for. So I go, and I get the one I want to exchange it for, and I come back, and I come up, and I wait in line again, and I get there, and then I'm, and then they say, oh, well, you got to bring us the exact model so we can skew it and all this stuff. And so I said, oh, okay, and so I'm trying to be patient. So I go back. And I go get it again, and then I come back, and now there's a long line. You know, it's like a hundred people, all right? And uh, I'm wait, I'm sitting, standing there in line, I'm holding my deal, and Josh had been shopping for some other stuff, and he comes up next to me, and I'm like, man, you're not going to believe what happened. I did it. I just told him the same story I did, except I, I griped about it a whole lot more. And he stood there and listened to me, and he goes, first world problem, Dad. <laughs> that was awesome. See, we're not going to be suffering like the Christians that during the time of Domitian. We're not going to be suffering like when, when John wrote Revelation to those Christians. They were facing such great suffering. And what does John give them? He gives them hope for the future. Hope for then. In heaven. And it seems a little cruel to me. Like I'm suffering now and you're going to tell me about later? 
But here's the deal. Hope for then totally changes how we live now. It changes us. Imagine two men. They're thrown into a dungeon. They're going to be down there for 20 years of their life. That's what they've been told. And they're going to work in the dungeon and down in the, in the mines down there for 20 years, 10 hours a day, no days of rest. And just before they get thrown into the dungeon... One of them walks by with his captors and he sees that his family is dead. He sees them, they're dead. And then they take him and they throw him in the dungeon. The other man, as he's walking, same guy right behind him, going to the same place. And right before he gets thrown in the dungeon, he sees his family alive and they're waving, we'll wait on you, we'll see you. And then they throw him in the dungeon. You know what happens. The first man lives for a few months and he gives up. Because he has nothing to look forward to then. So he gives up now. And how much of that do we see in the world? People who just don't have anything to look forward to then, so they give up now. But that's not true for you. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you have hope for the future. And that changes now. The second man suffers greatly for 20 years, but the hope he has for the future allows him to endure the suffering now because he knows something great is waiting, a reunion with his family. Then that helps him face suffering now and he holds on to the hope and he lives. And so today, I want to tell you this, if you're suffering, if you're struggling with almost just giving up hope, you don't feel like you can hold on another day I want to tell you this, if you're a believer in Christ, you can face whatever suffering or hopelessness you're dealing with because of then. You know things will be put right then. We know that this suffering is only temporary. It's just a mist. That's all our life is. You know there's going to be great joy that's awaiting you when God brings down the new heavens and the new earth and we're given our resurrection body because you have hope for those things. You can bring heaven to earth this week. You can answer Jesus' prayer by living with this hope I'm talking about. When others are being pessimistic and depressed and they have no hope and everything is horrible, you can live with joy because you know that you're not living only for now. You are hoping for then. And that changes now. You're going to brighten the way for other people who have the same hope as you. And you're going to shine light into the darkness of people who have no hope at all. You can do that. Now I'm going to finish today as I'm going to plan to finish every single one of these lessons. And that's by talking to you just like a paragraph about Jesus. Because none of this is possible without the work that Jesus did. What Charles talked about this morning when we took communion. None of it is possible without Jesus Christ. The song, I Can Only Imagine, which I love, is only good news if you believe the gospel and trust the work that Jesus did at the cross. Otherwise, you're not imagining the right stuff. And heaven is not really heaven. Listen to me close. Heaven is not really heaven unless Jesus is there. Heaven is not heaven unless Jesus is there. Our hope for a body this hope that we have. Why go to heaven if I don't have a body where I can't hug Jesus when I see him? If I don't have a voice that could praise him? This hope for a place. Why go to a place unless Jesus is there? It's all about Jesus 
Christ. That's our hope. One day this week, after work, I met three of my friends at O'Malley's. And we sat there and we laughed about all the normal stuff that guys always laugh about when they're sitting around talking. And, and the subject came up about work and stuff like that. And eventually the subject came up about church. None of these three friends of mine go to church anywhere. And they talked about their experiences and how people are hypocrites and how they hate that and how they had bad experiences and they explained them and they talked about them and told these experiences. And they kind of looked at me as if to say, so, there you go, John, why don't you fix that all for us? And I just told them that my life is not about going to church. That ain't what my life's about. My life is all about a guy named Jesus Christ. And church happens to be the place where I go find a whole bunch of other people that that's what their life is about too. Jesus is who I'm living for. He's the one that I cannot wait to see in that place in my new body one glorious day. And my hope is that my, free, my three friends will be drawn to Jesus. That's a, theirs and mine. That's our only hope for then and for now. If you need prayers, if you've never trusted the work of Christ at the cross, you come find me. If you're ready to be baptized, we'll baptize you today. We have shepherds here. We're going to sing an invitation song. It's for you. Come as we stand and sing. One day when heaven